Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Vodafone is now Ireland's largest fiber broadband provider. We've got fibre broadband here, in Dublin. Here in Clifton. And now, here. We could soon be powering this podcast you're about to listen to. So you can wonder on your computer, from the comfort of your own sofa. Curiosity is everywhere, on Vodafone, Ireland's largest fibre broadband provider. From €30 per month, search Vodafone Gigabit Broadband. Terms apply. Subject to availability and selected areas. Average speeds based on Comrade Market Share Data Q1 2020. New customers only. Subject to 12 month contract. Offer ends 22nd of November 2020. See vodafone.ie forward slash fixed terms for full terms. Stay on the ball and keep your eyes on the road. Don't lift your phone while in the car. Drive smart. Here we go, Amy McDonald. Look at that brief. And you're singing a song, singing this is the life. And you wake up in the morning and your head is. Oh. How'd you open the door? Cool. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Amy, what's happening? <laughs> how you doing, pal? Alright. Right, Say hi to GoPro. Hello, GoPro. Oh wow! Now we're talking, eh? <laughs> right, talk us through what's the motor? This is a Ferrari 458 Speciale. Wow. Yeah, is this your baby, or her? This is, this is um, a bit of a collector's item now. Usually I don't. I've chopped and changed my cars a bit, but I've had this now for four years um, because it's the last Ferrari that they ever made without turbo. Oh, really, right? Yeah, so... But you had another Ferrari as well, didn't you? I had a Ferrari 488, yes, um, as well, but I sold that to pay for my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Behind you, Dave, for Richard Foster. <laughs> right, we're going to Barrowland first. We're going to Barrowland, right? You know your way? Nope. Right, I'll direct you. Right, come on, we'll head out here. Old Hamden Park. You've uh, you've sang some uh, big tunes at Amden Park, haven't you? I have, yeah. I've done the anthem a few times. Um, the one against Spain was possibly the best ever because Scotland played really well that night. I always say with Scotland, um, we're in a team of mimics that um, will just mimic the team that we're playing against. So when it's Spain, that's amazing, but then when that's the Faroe Islands, <laughs> it's not so amazing. Do you remember when you got told for the first time that they were going to ask you to sing the anthem? Where the hell am I going, by the way? I go right here. Right. Um, yeah, it was a friendly, and it was um, it was against Argentina when Maradona was the manager. Wow. So it was pretty amazing, because he was there, and um, there's all these young boys that were the mascots, Take it, I'm going right you again. Yeah. Side of um, oh no, that side though. And it was all these young boys at the mascots, and they were um, desperately trying to touch his hand. 
they were all they were all going getting a hand of, uh, high five and then they were all screaming going I've touched the hand of God <laughs> it was good fun see your uh, see your preparation for something like that is it similar to the the players preparation so you get the pre-match nerves and then the shin guards and the tights before you go oh gosh I, I get so nervous doing yeah. that anthem um, I think it's because it just means so much to me um, I'm so passionate about Scotland and the football team, God knows why, but um, I am and I, I always just want to do a good job, so I get so nervous, like way more nervous than I do doing my own gigs. What about uh, like family and friends, did they come and watch you doing that? Um, they all came, yeah, it was great, they loved uh-huh. it because they got the hospitality meal beforehand. <laughs> so <all my laughs> and you never got any in there? Well, I didn't enjoy the drinks or anything like that, I was too nervous. <laughs> what, um, have you always been a keen follower of the national team? Where does that come from? Um, it comes from, I remember the World Cup in 98, and um, I'm just going straight ahead, aren't I? Yeah, I'm going straight ahead, ahead. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I remember the, so it was the France 98, and I was still in primary school at this point, and um, I came home from school, and I was really shocked that my dad was home. I was like, why is he not at work? And he'd taken a half day to watch oh, uh, Scotland v Brazil. So we all watched it, and then... I remember when John Collins scored that penalty, I've still goosebumps thinking about it, going, oh my God, we're we're level with Brazil. And my mum's friend came round and she's like, oh, I've been in the supermarket, it's absolutely dead, there's like nobody out in the streets, everybody's watching this game. And it was just, um, it was soul destroying when we scored that own goal. Uh, Tom Boyd made an arse out, didn't he? But we still scored more goals than them. So So do you get pure devastated when you see the state the national team's been in for the last year? It's, it's, It's hard, but... Definitely with me, I know, um, and with other people, I know that apathy has set in a little bit. You don't really expect anything, so it doesn't really bother you as much. But when I went to the Scotland-England game at Hamden, and it was a great day, like we were sitting, uh, Foz and I were sitting with Rod Stewart and all his family. That's Richie yeah. Foster. He's, he's <laughs> so we had, Foz was buzzing because Rod Stewart across the dinner table was like, you play for St Johnston and oh, he yeah. was like oh my god I've been recognised by Rod Stewart and then he went to the toilet and Rod came over to me I'd met him before and he'd came over and said oh I've got so many questions I want to ask him and I was like well just ask him hey, Rod Stewart was saying yeah, that yeah right so and he was like no but I can't I'm too embarrassed and I was like just ask him he will be buzzing that you you want to speak to him so he came back and then he came round and he was asking for us all these questions. He wanted to know a lot about what Tommy Wright was like at halftime. So he was asking questions like, when you're um, when you're playing Celtic and it's halftime, like what does Tommy Wright? What did he say to you the last time? Like we played you this game, like gave him the date and all that. And he remembers all like, the games. Yeah, it? and he was like, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was interesting. So we went to that game, and that euphoria, like the first free kick, but the fact that the identical one straight after just brought back all my love and the amazing memories of supporting Scotland like the epic highs and then obviously the tragic lows when when they um, equalised See when the the Tartan Army are in full flow and they're all singing do you join in? Oh I absolutely love it Do you go for it? it, I love it yeah I am I went over to, I was in um, Dortmund when a couple of years ago we were in the qualifying group with Germany and um, the German football manager, Yogi Löw, is actually one of my fans. So he's one of your big fans, is he? Well, yeah. he came to loads of gigs, wow. so he actually got in touch saying, oh, we've got Scotland in this group, would you like to come? And we were like, yeah, definitely. So he laid on like a big, nice car and all that to pick me and my mates up at the airport. And it had the tinted windows and the, the um, 
the German football logo. So we're then driving up to the stadium. Everybody's trying to see in, going, who's that in that car? I mean, it was just three random girls from Bishop Briggs. Wow. But that was a great, a great night. Um, we really took advantage of the free bar. And there's a reason why they don't serve alcohol at football in Scotland. And we proved it. But we were right <laughs> in with the Tartan Army, causing scenes. Amazing. Because <laughs> you're massive in Germany, aren't you? Well, that's where I've sold most of my albums, yeah. So why I spent a lot of time. I don't know. I just, um, from the first time I went over there, they just seemed to um, like what I do. And then they're... they're um, a lot of people in Germany, they're not fickle like we can be over here. Mm. Like in the UK, it's all about new, new, new. Whereas over there, they're like, if they like you, they're kind of with you. What was it? I've got a proposition for you. Obviously, you've done the big Hamden, but fancy doing a Peterhead game? Peterhead? Yeah. I've not been asked. Well, this is me asking you. You want to know what the club's anthem is? What? We sing when we're fishing. I'm not, what's that? So it's a big fishing village, so that's what the Peterhead song is. Do you right. want me to sing it for you? If you want. Well, we will sing when we're winning and we sing when we're fishing and we'll sing louder than you. And we make the other team look like they're playing Sunday League, so they call us the Blue Tune. Peterhead. Peterhead. Yeah. You fancy it? <laughs> uh, I'll check my diary. <laughs> Can't I believe you've patched this. Was it football that you met, Richard Foster? Uh, no, it I was keep actually... keep Richard Foster, like he's <laughs> Right, we'll call him the Foz. The Foz. I, just, I just call him Foz. Right, Foz. So how did um, you meet Foz? It, we actually met at somebody else's wedding. Oh, it was actually um, Lee Miller's wedding, you know, who plays for... Uh-huh, like, big Lee Miller, has been on the show. I think he's at Livingston now. Yeah, he's at Livingston, that's right. We actually met Handsome, at, very handsome. Uh, we actually met at his wedding in, two, I think it was 2009. So we've actually known each other for ages. Um, but both of us were with different people then. Alright. <laughs> so nothing happened at that point. <laughs> Just DMs and that? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then what, you both became single and did he ask you it? Um, I think I think so, yeah. We were just chatting and stuff and we, we got on really well that time we met. And then um, he actually came round, that's what it was, he came round to, I was having a New Year's party and I said, oh, do you want to come round? He was like, I can't, I'm at training tomorrow. And I was like, oh, well, you don't need to drink anything, you may as well just come round. And um, he came round and he was just like, what have I walked into? Like, just all the Bishop Briggs flipping Young team. Jake balls. <laughs> <laughs> he obviously enjoyed himself enough to stick around. <laughs> and now he's a Scotland's number one couple in my eyes. <laughs> right, back onto the cars. Uh, as you say, you're quite passionate about cars, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Where does this come from? Um, I don't really know. I um, I was doing lessons just as I'd signed a record contract. So I was about 18 and I signed a record contract. So I was in this position where a company, Universal Music, gave me a load of money. <laughs> so for my first car, I was able to buy something half decent. So I got a, a Mini Cooper. Oh, I love and it. And I used to just like make a wee red one with nice. the, the white racing stripes. And me, I was the only one out of my friends that could drive, and um, so I would just be designated driver. And we went up to Teen the Park in 2006, and I'd just passed my test, and I had to drive them all, and they were oh, obviously all mistake of your life, Oh my it? God. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, what have I done? But we had the best time ever, like, we had such a... Who did, who did you see there? Oh gosh, I can't even remember no. who I saw. It was more about the banter with my friends. We just had such a laugh and we have so many happy memories. But from then, I was kind of thrown in at the deep end with the driving. So then I just offered to drive everywhere and I used to just love kind of cutting about in that little mini. What, uh, what other cars have you got? You've got said you've got the Bentley as well. So I've got a Bentley Bentayga. Um, wow. 
which is my my kind of day-to-day, which is a beautiful car to drive. And then um, I've had, like, I've bought... It's always been my thing, like, it was terrible. My mum used to be an accountant before she retired, and she used to just crack up, go, what are you buying all these bloody cars for? But I think I counted, I think I've bought something like 30 cars since that first Mini, yeah. Not just for me. how many years? Um, In about 10 years. But not just for me, like I've got, I bought my dad a car, I bought my sister a car, I bought my friends cars. Was that a nice feeling, didn't it? Absolutely amazing feeling, the best thing ever to just be like... What did you buy your dad? Yeah, Range Rover Sport. Oh, amazing, eh? Yeah, so... Have you got brothers and sisters? I've got one sister, yeah. She's... You're definitely the favourite, isn't it? No, my sister's actually, she's a consultant radiologist. Oh, is she? So she's very smart, What yeah. a family by you, eh? <laughs> so has she got a nice car as well? Well, I got her a, I got her a Range Rover Evoque oh. that she's had for a while now. <laughs> Why did I not marry you? That's Honestly, a question many people ask themselves. <laughs> um, see, when you were becoming like really successful, mm-hmm. was there always a car that you, uh, you had your eye on? Was it the Ferrari? Um, no, it was an Audi R8. That oh. was the one that I just dreamed. I was like, I'd love an Audi R8. And I'd released my first album at this point, but I didn't think anything of it. And then I remember going, do you know what? Things are going all right. You can't take it with you when you die. You may as well enjoy it whilst yeah, it's there. Yeah, I actually love that. So I bought myself an R8 and I just remember driving at home and just being like, oh my God, this is an R8. And I can't believe that I own this. This is incredible. Was that the wee moment that you think I've made, I've made it? No, I still no. don't think I've made it. <laughs> of course you have. You're a national treasure. <laughs> what do you mean it. you've no made it? Would that have been the favourite one that you had in the R8 or... Well, it, was the, it was just the first one. I think this Ferrari has kind of been my... So this is the... This is the second Ferrari that I had. I've had, I had three in total, um, but it just it was just kind of a bit of a dream. What does it feel like going to like the Ferrari showroom, knowing that you can actually buy one? Is it amazing? Or how? Um, that is come on, that is amazing. Yeah, probably. It is it, probably because I'm just so not the target audience. audience <laughs> like it's a lot of um, obviously a, it's very male dominated. But I went. I went to Maranello last summer. I got invited by Ferrari because they had um, in one of their museums. Right. Um, they had an exhibit which was about women in Ferrari. So there's a there's a massive poster of me um, on the wall in the, in the Ferrari, Ferrari museum. It? Yeah, because there's obviously not many women in there. I'm going right. I'm. How you're going right yeah. with that golf going ahead? Mm-hmm. Uh, right, we're coming up to the Barrowlands. Yep. Favorite place to play. It is. It's one is it of the, really, huh? it, and everybody will say the same thing. Like, um, it's just it's so iconic. Like, I, the last time I played there, I got uh, the the guys from the Barrowlands gave me an award actually, just because they said the um, like the Barrowlands Hall of Fame. Because everywhere I go, I've talked it up. I've got a song on my first album that was inspired. Um, what song's that? So it's actually just called Barrowland Ballroom. Right, okay. Um, inspired by the venue and my desire to play there. So the first time I played there, it was pretty special. And um, the first night I actually got presented with my first ever platinum disc. Was in here? Was in the Barrowlands, yeah. And wow. I didn't expect it, I knew nothing about it. See, when you're on stage at the Barrowlands, can you actually like see how much I bounce it is out in the crowd? Um, I'm not sure you can see it so much, but... Um, feel it. You can just feel the vibe. Where, where should I go? Uh, just take it right up here. Right up here. Um, yeah, you can just feel... The, there definitely feels like um, one of the lyrics in that song of mine, it says, oh, there's magic in the air, I swear, and you can definitely feel that, like, when you're there. You ever get any uh, DVDs for the bars after it or before it now? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> um, favourite gig at the bar is it you've had? Is there one that stands it? Um, I think it was probably the first time I played there. It was near Christmas, so everybody was in such high spirits. Like, they were just absolutely buzzing. And um, we just had such a great time. We'd done a cover of um, Fairy Tale of New York. Sorry, Nate, go oh, slow with them no, speed <laughs> I brought you the worst we ever, sorry. It's all right. Um, yeah, and it was just, it was such an amazing evening. And then I, I, I've spoke to other bands and stuff, and everybody says that the Barrowlands is their ultimate. They just what, what sort of bands, like anyone obscure that, that loves playing at the Barrowlands, that said to you now? No, not obscure. Um, you too said to me that one of their most memorable, like Bono said, one of his most memorable shows was at the Barrowlands. No way. He just loved it, yeah. What? Uh, who's your favourite? Who's the favourite artist that you've met? Look, this guy's looking at the Ferrari. Well, that's the thing. You can't <laughs> go anywhere in this car. It doesn't really blend in. Um, favourite artist that I've met? Yeah. Oh, I love Bruce Springsteen. So for the me, boss. for me, I thought I was the boss. When um, oh, he's, there's only one boss. When I met him, it was like dream come true. And did he know your music and stuff like that? I'm not sure he knew it, but um, he's got a very famous collaborator that he's always worked with, a guy called Bob Clearmountain. And Bob actually mixed my a few of my albums. So as soon as I said to him, I'm going straight over. No, go right here. As soon as I said to him, or oh, Bob, Bob mixed a few of my albums, it was as if I was family. I was oh, in really? there, right, so yeah. That was, you in, that was me. That's the secret password. If you know Bob, then you're in there with the boss. Bob's a man. <laughs> see, just on uh, Barrowlands, uh, see Glasgow in particular. I think it's one of the best cities for music and, and gigs. Oh, definitely. We're very lucky. Um, but there's just such an amazing selection of venues in Glasgow mm. that loads of other cities don't have. They maybe have like a, a theatre and then that's it. And then there's maybe one big arena out of town somewhere. But um, in Glasgow, we're super lucky because there's such a great selection of different sized venues yeah. and there's places basically for everyone to play. Did you do like pubs and clubs before you done places like the Barrowlands? Yeah, I used to do, um, there was a, a pub, it's still there, it's called the Priory now, but it used to be called Brunswick Cellars on Sucky Hall Street. Right. And I would go in there and do the open mic and I was only 15. And um, one of my most memorable um, times in there doing the open mic was when Scotland were actually playing the Netherlands at Hamden. We won one 0 Right. Is that McFadden? No, it was it was before then I right. think. So it was the Netherlands at Hamden. We won one 0 We subsequently lost the second leg about six, six nil. Uh, <laughs> Dan Fletcher or McFadden goes and scored that. All right, okay, but um, so everybody had started to trickle in. It was like half five. They'd all been at that football match. All the Tartan Army absolutely buzzing because. Um, Scotland had just beat the Netherlands. So I'm sitting there doing my open mic and I was like, I sensed a great opening here. So I'd done Flower of Scotland and the oh, entire wow. place was jumping. And I was like, brilliant. <laughs> that was early days, I was only 15 at the you time. You could have been hopeless that night and everyone still would have <laughs> yeah, clapped. Exactly. Is, Flower of Sc- is that your favourite song to sing, Flower of Scotland? Um, I don't think it's my favourite song to sing, but I do love singing it. Um, it's just such a beautiful song, it's so poignant. Like mm. I think a lot of times people say, oh, they don't like it as an anthem, but it, it, I think it's got everything. I think it really kind of rails you up and gets you. Definitely gets you going. Eh? See, I always ask footballers this, so I'm going to ask you: Was there ever a time that you thought I might not make it? Yeah, you know, you never really expect to make it. It's a weird one, like the music industry as well. You can, you never know with anything. You never know, that like, even if you've got like a massive first single or something, it doesn't really mean anything, especially not now. So you never really know how things are going to go. Um, but I don't know, I think when I started out I was so young 
So I didn't really have that anxiety and worry that comes with getting older. You just kind of yeah, you just kind of go with the flow a bit more. Um, Scotland had put their um, their bid in for the then, right, to um, to host the Commonwealth Games. And um, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. They had used one of my songs, a little song called The Road to Home, in like their main campaign video. So on the day where they found out who wins the Commonwealth Games, who's going to host it, they had a big party on at the fruit market and they showed this video and all that. So I was there and I was on the stage with everyone and I sang and then they won it. And then you kind of forget about it mm-hmm. because it, was, it wasn't until 2014, so you're like, oh, right, whatever. And then when that came around, um, it was like, right, Amy, do you want to come and sing? And I was like, yes, oh totally. God. See, when they so, get someone like I thought, are you in the back of your mind thinking, they better ask me to do this? Well, you, you hope, but you, I mean, that's the thing with, with Scotland. There's just so many in Glasgow, there's so many amazing bands and artists that have mm. come from here. So there's such a, a huge pool of people to choose from. But when they when they got in touch, I was like, oh, yes, amazing. Um, and then it was Rod Stewart's song. <laughs> Did you not need to do Celtic Park as well? Yeah, it was Celtic Park we were at. So I was in there. Um, for like the whole week beforehand doing rehearsals we had a wee office at the front I don't know whose office it was right enough I probably left it an absolute shit (laughs) (laughs) where where, where are you sitting when your album goes to obviously it went to number one didn't it so it it went to number two when it came out and then it went to number one six months later in January and I was actually in my car and I was in my little mini at the time Right. and my manager at the time had phoned me and it was just a Sunday morning and I thought, oh, I better stop. So I pulled over and I answered the phone and um, I was like, yeah, what is it? And I remember him just going, a whole week, it's a battle between you and Radiohead. And I was like, right. And wow. he's like, a new one. And I was like, oh my God. So got my number one here. And um, it was brilliant. It was just, It's so weird though, because at the time it's like, oh, wow. And then you put the phone down and you just carry on driving, going to the shops, wherever the hell I was going. So you, do you never like stop for a, a good minute or five minutes and no, start No, because I was just kind of pulled over at the side of the road and I was just like, all right, brilliant, um, whatever. And, and it's, it's weird, though, because I think now I realise how amazing that is, but because I was just so young and we put the album out and that, that's what happened, you just think, oh, that's all you do. You yeah. just put your tunes out and... <laughs> That's they fly, to but it. now I know that that is not what happens at all. <laughs> you said you in your car. Do you remember the first time uh, your song came on the radio when you were in the car? Um, These are tremendous questions I'm asking. Oh, yeah, you, isn't you're it? freestyling <laughs> as well, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was in the car, yeah, I think when it, when I was in the car, I knew that it was happening because I'd been warned by my record label that somebody was going. to, I think it was Joe Wiley was going to give one of my songs a quick spin, but. The actual the first time that I got played on the radio um, was actually a demo. This was before I was signed, and it's an amazing, um, amazing DJ called Jim Gellatly. Who's oh, hi, so not for Dundee? Uh, he is, ah, and he he, he should be on every radio station in the planet because he knows music more than anybody I've ever met, and he's just so passionate about it. And he had this great evening show, 
and I sent him my crap demo, like it was recorded in a bedroom, it sounded awful, but of the song This Is A Life, and he said that he absolutely loved it enough to play it, and I remember just listening to his show one night, not knowing that I was going to get played, and he played my crap bedroom demo years before wow. I released it, yeah. So Jim Gellet is the man, isn't he? He is the man, so he, he was the one that actually gave me my first platinum disc, he came on the stage to There you go, Jim's got me. you this Ferrari. He has, yeah. Did you buy him a motor now? <laughs> I don't, maybe one day. What about the Open Goal podcast? You never listen to that in the motor? Uh, I haven't listened to it, no, <laughs> but um, I've got a, a friend who had messaged me, like he, he um, listens, watches, whatever, religiously, so... Is it Tommy he, Wright? No. He's a crackpot called Edo, so he'll be absolutely buzzing. Yes, Edo, you've got a shout out. <laughs> what a man. Right, Central Station, uh, pop-up choir, BBC yeah. Music Day. What uh-huh. was that all about? Um, it was a bit off the charts, wasn't it? It was, it was a bit random, but um, basically BBC Music Day, obviously you celebrating... You that bus line, Celebrating all things music, and um, they wanted to do a load of exciting things from different places around Britain. And here the idea was Central Station, we'll, we'll do a song. And um, they wanted this song, I mean, Women of the World. So we thought, oh, let's get an all-woman choir. And it was brilliant. The choir, they're a choir called Soundsational, and they were absolutely amazing. And it was awesome for me to just... Who's Frankie Boyle? Where? With a ginger beard, no, is that it? is not Frankie Boyle. <laughs> Since when's Frankie Boyle had a neck tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted there. I saw the choir were amazing. Uh, oh, they were brilliant. And then singing in there um, with the rush hour uh, kind of commuters, and they were all like, looking at you as if, what the hell's going on here? It was brilliant. <laughs> do you not get any sort of like anxiety or nerves about doing stuff like that? No? Um, I do with stuff like that more so because you're going, oh my god, this is live on BBC TV news, and it's also live on the radio as well. Don't muck it up. And then as soon as you start saying that, you, you know, start making a mistake. Oh, brilliant. Uh, right, it's been a great laugh, by the way. I'm enjoying yeah, myself. Yeah, good. But it needs to be serious now. Uh, road safety. Okay. This is obviously a fast car, but yeah, you obviously okay. stick to the limit, don't you? Well, because I'm concentrating and talking too much and because there's so many potholes in the road, I go pretty slow in this, yeah. Uh, what about, like, does it annoy you? Uh, my pet hate people that sit on their phones when they're, they're driving. See, I just don't do that because... I don't know, like it's six points and stuff and it's just not worth it. You know you have you have one look at it and suddenly you've kind of verged off to the side a wee bit, so I just don't bother. There's nobody that important in life there that isn't. you can't wait five minutes to yeah, speak to Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. See that it sounds bad, but I'm still doing less than thirty. Yeah, yeah. It's just a noise, isn't it? It's just noisy, yeah. That's what you pay the big bucks for that noise. <laughs> oh my god, that walk is up. Uh, it's King Tut's. It's here, isn't it? It's down here on the side. Side, yeah. Just down there. There's King Tut's there. And then we're going that way, aren't we? Hydro, are we? Yeah, are we're we? going to go to Hydro next, but there's King Tut's. Just a wee bit about the King Tut's. Amazing. I've been at a couple of gigs in there, and that is sweaty, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's it's unbelievable though. It's just such a cracking little venue. Like the history, like where Oasis were discovered. Alan that, McGee, wasn't it? Yeah, that alone is amazing. And then um so I've went back, I done a gig in there not that long ago, like a charity gig. Right. And um it was brilliant, um just absolutely rammed full of people, such a great atmosphere. And then I was back there not long after because I was doing my I had the little the little spot and still game. 
And so I you had did a senior, huh? I had to deck Bobby out the front there, so that was good fun as well. So I've got loads of memories. Of how, how good was that? It's still game, amazing. Oh, it was great. Like, you watch, for, have you watched it religiously? Huh? I've watched it. I actually done. I went on Celebrity Mastermind a couple of years ago, and still game was my special. No chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love so it. I've like watched it from kind of from front to back and taking notes and everything. So um, as soon as they they were doing their their kind of last episodes and they were having a few guests like they got in touch with me straight away and I was absolutely buzzing was that, like, a bit, was that as big a buzz as like a number one in it nah. oh yeah totally was like, I, was, I actually remember I was doing a festival in Hungary and my manager he came to find me wherever we were at this backstage and he was like I have just had an email that will make your day and I was like, well, what is this going to be? And then he was like, I'll come and let you read it. And then I was just like, oh, my God. And then going about and telling all my band and all of that, going, oh, I'm going to be in still game. So it was good. Amazing. <laughs> they top guys, I had Greg and Ford. Oh, I yeah, Greg and Ford, some laugh. And then Gavin Mitchell. Bobby, plays, He's just, the, I've spent a few nights out with him now. He's such a laugh. And then Sanjeev Kohli as well. I'm actually seeing him today. He was right. doing the thing I was doing today. They're all just such lovely people that... You're so happy for them with their success, well, uh, yeah, because everybody's great. Is it, would it be left here, I'm going? Uh, for the hydro. Uh, Is it? And then under, yeah. Under, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, just back on the King Tut, remember the oh. final last year, the same about the Barrowlands, but first time playing there? The, at King Tut's? Um, first time playing there was a way back in, I think, 2006. So I had no music out, and I was actually there supporting somebody else. So I was there to support you him. Support all you, right? Yeah, and... Um, it was great because all my friends and family came down and um, they kind of left after me. So this poor guy it was like kind of full and then he <laughs> went on <laughs> and they'd all disappeared. That's what happens when you get Amy McDonald as your backup. Yeah. Serves them right. <laughs> uh, right, we're going to talk about your other love, Rangers. What's your earliest memory of the club growing up? Um, well, my I, when I started getting into football, um, my... Um, my dad had been like, oh, do you want to go to any matches? And there was actually a Walter Smith testimonial match um, going on against Liverpool. So that was the first match that I ever went to. Um, my dad took my sister and I. I think my mum came along as well, although she was like, what the hell is this? But, um, yeah, that's that's my earliest memory, really. So it come for your dad, huh? No, my dad's not, like, my mum or my dad, they're not, they're, neither of them are really, like, massive fans or anything it was just like me asking if I could go I think it was just more friends at school and things like that uh, Mm -hmm. what about uh, heroes growing up Um, Richie Foster (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah always (laughs) Um, I don't know Um, like obviously like the all the days when like Amoruso and all of them players were there big handsome weren't he Amoruso fancy me but no I didn't find he's a bit he was a bit greasy for Uh, me a bit sleazy (laughs) (laughs) what about uh, favourite memory did you go in any big games anything you can remember I remember going to I remember my dad getting tickets for a Champions League game and I think it was against Stum Graz and it was like a 5-1 victory so it was like unbelievable and you're like oh great this could really happen this time and then the same that always happens with Scottish clubs it's like it comes to the last game with Scotland or Scottish clubs the last game you need this to get through no you don't get it <laughs> <laughs> Richard Foster you say this before you go to St Johnston games as well so I do, you're a part time yeah. supporter are you? I do I go like my mum goes to my mum pretty, pretty much goes all the time to watch St Johnston even when I'm not about your mum does there. Yeah. my mum does yeah love it um, 
So I've kind of watched it all. But um, I just I do enjoy just going to football, and there's something really nice like um, about just kind of travelling all round and getting to see every ground. <laughs> so um, I do I do like going. And Scottish football is exciting, isn't it? There's always it something is. going on. You know, I love it. I love all the banter. Yeah. It's just never ending. Like um, I listen to I do listen to talk sport quite a lot. Big Alan Brazil was good, didn't he? I do. I like Alan Brazil. I love him when he's got Ali McCoy's McCoy, going with him. The two of them are a perfect uh, team. But I listen to Talksport quite a lot, and um, sometimes like the most minimal thing will happen in in England in the in the Premiership. Gary Tank commanded it. Oh yeah, and it'll be like the tiniest thing, and they'll spend about two hours chatting oh, about right. it. And I was like, oh my god. They'd have no time to chat about all the crap that happens in Scotland. <laughs> like, literally, there's a new bit of drama every single day. Oh, that's it's like Managers like Craig Levine just winding everybody Fighting up, each just other, <laughs> stirring that. the pot and stuff like that. It's just, it makes me laugh and I do enjoy, um, I do enjoy it all and I do, uh, I always listen. When I'm away, I do like listening to um, open all mics where they all shout in. So if I'm away in tour, I'll have that on and they'll just be shouting and right, so-and-so scored, they've scored, he's scored, and I just kind of like keeping up to date yeah. if, I'm, if I'm on tour. Brilliant. The mm-hmm. uh, reason I asked as well, I've seen your tweet about Richard, how proud he's oh, juggling yeah. a lot outside of football as well, totally, isn't he? What honestly, a guy. He's the busiest person in the world. Like, he, he can't he can't ever sit still. He's always got to be doing something. Are you quite that's... similar to her? No. No. <laughs> I'm definitely not similar to him. I think that's where it comes from. Right. Um, but he just needs to be doing something and he's really eager to um, to learn all the time. He just loves learning. So um, that's where it, it comes from. He's like written a novel. Wow. And he's also um so he's done his A license and he's doing he's got one year left now of his um psychology degree. And then he'll he'll have all of that, yeah. Do you think that's what you'll do? Do you think you'll be going to management? I think he'll be very good at it. He's done um when he was doing the coaching badges it was Yogi Hughes was one of the, oh, the what main a man. guys. Yeah, he really liked Yogi. And also um Brian Rice at Hamilton, yeah. he was one of the coaches as well. And I think like Foz said that uh, they were really kinda helpful and I think quite complimentary and said that he would be totally fine and he'll have no issues or whatnot, so that's quite good. And would you be his assistant? Me? Yeah, get the track no, now. I'm I'm always the boss. I think you could go through people, I think I think you could be quite scary. Yeah, I would always have to be the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, would you, right? So he'd be your assistant? Yeah, he could be my assistant. <laughs> <laughs> right, love it. Car share. Oh, yeah. I, told, I prepared you for this, but I know you've, you've, not, you've not thought of anyone, have you? Too busy I'm, So if you could pick a car share with four passengers for a long-distance journey, who would you pick? So, I'd put you a St Johnston back four. Sorry? A St Johnston back the four. St Johnston back four. <laughs> <laughs> right, who oh, are you saying? Um, right. Does it need to be football people? No, anyone in the right, world, anyone. anyone. Right, okay, um, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, Can, yes. Do they need to be He'll alive? He'll be in the front. No, like, right, living okay. or dead. Walt Disney. Oh, what an answer yeah. that is by you. Um, probably Steven Spielberg as well. Right. And who else? Have you seen a documentary on Sky Atlantic or Sky Arts? Amazing. Oh, no, I've not seen it. Oh, you'll love it. There you oh, go. There you go. And Get then the one more. Somebody that's a character that would be funny. No women there. Oh, no. It's mm. a great question, isn't it? It is. I'm just trying to think of somebody else. Probably Peter Kay. Oh, there we go. That's a good mix. You've isn't covered it? everything there, haven't you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. A bit of everything. Oh, he would just make me laugh the whole time. Right, perfect. So, mm. if that was a trip to Dingwall to watch Ross County, that, that's I'm the not sure you'd they take. would. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure they would come up the A9 with me. Uh, right, you also done Top Gear. Uh huh. Starring a reasonably 
reasonably priced car. Yes. What with the stink? How did you get on? Um, so I am still to this day the fastest woman that they ever had. Are you? Yes, and they've got a, they've got like a fast car now. It's not like a reasonably priced one now, and they still. I think Danny Boyle was doing it a couple of weeks ago, and I clocked that, and his time wasn't as quick as mine. So I was just I was two tenths of a second behind Tom Cruise. But what's annoying is that in my practice laps, I was quicker than Tom Cruise, but they only count the ones where they tell you, right, this is your lap. Oh, really? So I was gutted, because I was like, I knew that I was quicker than him. Did Tom Cruise have his high heels on or off when he was driving? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. So have you got in the fast car, do you think you could? Oh, I don't know, but I was just, like, some. I think I'm still in the top ten from the, that final series before they all, it was all wow. changed. So, yeah, but I did enjoy doing that. Love it. Right, it's been a pleasure, by the way, but we're just oh. coming up for the Hydro. You performed at the Hydro for the Ryder Cup opening ceremony. Yes. Was that a good crowd or was it all golf fans? Was it quite... It was all American golfers and stuff like that. Is it in here? Yeah, we're just going in yeah. a, 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 um, a taxi. Right? But it was good. I think I had the full orchestra with me, which is always great to play with the orchestra. And then I actually went up to Glen Eagles the next day and done the opening ceremony. So I had like um, Rory McIlroy and all that sat behind me. Um, all the players were sat in the seats behind me and I um, I had to go out and sing. Wow. Yeah, after a wee So did you get to meet the players, huh? I didn't. Uh, well, they were all there. I could have done, but I'm always, I hate annoying people. Like, right. I hate going up and going, can I speak to you or whatnot? So I always, I Played try cool. not to. Yeah, I'm trying to be cool. Quite a lot of people say, I look like a Scottish famous golfer. Can you guess who? Oh, really? Colin Montgomery. Do you? <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, we'll just park up up here behind that green car. Uh, right, you've played most places in Scotland. Any other venues in the world you'd like to tick off? Um, oh, like Madison Square Gardens or something in New oh, York yes. would be incredible. Like, just the... You and the boss. Oh, yeah. That's a dream. That would be perfect, wouldn't it? And uh, last one, you, maybe there one day as well, soon, sometime soon, about um, an album I don't comes. know, it's massive in there. Oh, like, it's so, it's so it holds so many people. It's a great venue, though, when that first opened, um, I went to see Fleetwood Mac in there. So did I. And it was brilliant. Oh, like amazing. I absolutely loved it. And I was like, oh, it's great that we've got this big venue now. Um, so you never know. It's, it's brilliant. I love that Glasgow's got that now. Open goal coming to see Amy at the Hydro. There you go. <laughs> Amy, pleasure. Thanks oh, very much. Thank you very Cheers. much. Thank, thank you. Don't be a man down. Leave your phone on the subs bench while driving. Drive smart. If COVID-19 has impacted your business's finances and you have difficulties in accessing credit, the government's COVID-19 Credit Guarantee Scheme could help. The scheme is designed to provide SMEs, primary producers and small mid-caps access to low-cost liquidity to keep their businesses operating. The scheme covers loans of up to 1 million euro with terms of up to five and a half years. The COVID-19 Credit Guarantee Scheme facilitates your bank in providing liquidity and working capital to your business with an initial focus on term loans and working capital loans. Loans of up to €250,000 are unsecured. The scheme will be available until the end of December 2020. Find out more at sbci.gov.ie or call 1800 804 482. The scheme covers loans between 10,000 and 1 million euro, with terms of between three months to five and a half years. Loans are unsecured up to 250,000 euro. Terms and conditions apply. This is a Government of Ireland initiative delivered by the SBCI. Developing new skills will make a big difference in your working life. Personally speaking, it opened new work options for me. If you work in a sector experiencing change and are looking for an opportunity to upskill or reskill, contact your local education and training board to explore options available to you. 
Skills to Advance is a new national initiative offering subsidised upskilling and reskilling opportunities for employees of all ages. Brought to you by Solace and the Education and Training Boards, an initiative of the Government of Ireland.